And what about diversification? Yeah, that's there good are a lot of folks who will argue that diversification is foolish that you go for what has performed the best in the near term. And we're talking with Steve. Is he still there? Yeah, Steve's still here. Steve's still there? Yeah. Okay. yeah. Uh, uh, and, and Steve has the S&P 500. He's looking at possibly going into the Vanguard extended market to yep. get more U.S., which is great, by yep. the way. Because that is a small expe- exposure. Yeah, yeah, because that gets you into some small cap. Not much but value still, go, though. Not much Let me value. go back in the past. <clears throat> and I was talking about 2000 through 2009, a 10-year period that was called the lost decade in America because over that period, the S&P 500 lost 1%. For the entire 10 years. For the entire 10 years. Including dividends being reinvested. Including dividends. Yeah. Wow. So if you, you had just been, if you'd just been in yeah. the S&P 500 from 2000 to January 1, 2010, you actually lost money. However, had you had a globally diversified portfolio with international uh, and U.S. with small and value and all of these asset classes. By the way, the difference in the two portfolios, a U.S. portfolio, as Tom said, actually with Vanguard is going to be about 4,000 stocks uh, because they don't buy them all. Uh, yeah, they roughly. don't have some of the micros, and, yeah. And uh, the global portfolio is about 12,000 stocks, give or take. You can right own the VT there. and you have 7,500. So. You're right. Anyway. So the difference, though, would have been for 100% uh, global equity portfolio 2000 through over, 2009. from 2000 through 2009, yeah. you would have made 7%. A year or 7% gross? Uh, annual Average annual return, 7%. Okay. Oh, no. Total return over the entire period was 158%. That's quite a bit different. Or, or uh, yeah. Uh, and let, I me mean, explain, let me explain why I... I the numbers aside, because you can pick a 10-year period, Steve, and say that because you can get into all that. And by the way, John Bogle still argues basically that owning the S&P 500, you're fine. Warren Buffett from time to time says that, too. Here's why I don't buy that. I think it's incredibly arrogant to think that the best growth, the best economy will necessarily be ours. Number two, I think you're making a big bet to just say the U.S., all my money's there, I live there, and I would rather personally move some of my money around. Number three, you get currency diversification because sometimes the U.S. dollar is the strongest, sometimes it's not. That's dependent on many factors. And again, for me, looking back over a very long period of time, it has made more sense to be globally diversified, spreading the money around. You've made more money and the volatility has not increased. That's the other part that people often They're riskier. No, because when you put the U.S. together with other markets, you've actually tamped down the volatility, the ups and downs. So that those are the reasons I believe in it. But um, this is a decision every investor has to make at the end of the day. Okay. Well, thank you very much. I, um, I still have to chew on it, but what you're saying makes sense. <laughs> That's very kind. Thanks for the call, Steve. Take care. Yeah, thank I, you. I personally think the numbers will show you pretty clearly that it makes sense, but that's, you know, every person has to. Their numbers, the numbers make sense to use passive or index funds, but still three-quarters of the money's invested in active management funds. So, okay, right? I mean, you can argue until you're— And the other point, I mean, if— the more data you have, the better your conclusion that's can what, be. And this is why people say, I'll look at the last 10 years. No, I'll look at the last 100 if I can, because I think that's, well, yeah, but everything but, is different now. Well, yeah, but everything was different back, for all those periods. I can look back at the past 91, and since two, since 1926, if I had a dollar in the S&P 500, I'd have about $4,800 today. 
And if I had it just in small company stocks, yeah. I'd have five times more five money. Five times. Now five you took more, more risk money. because those are I riskier did. firms. But you didn't try to pick the next Amazon or Microsoft. You owned no, all No, because of them. the next Amazon or Microsoft was one of those stocks because yeah. you owned them all. It was exactly. in there. You didn't have to choose it. It was there. That's what people don't get. Why pick them when they're already there? Tom and Don are talking real money. Quick break. In addition to our Talking Real Money podcast, we have a few other tools to help you gain a better understanding of the concept of real investing. Of course, there's Real Investing Journal. That's offered in both a free online version and in an inexpensive printed magazine. Explore both those options at realinvestingjournal.com, realinvestingjournal.com. Then we teach classes. We offer most of our live classes in the Seattle area because that's where most of our offices are, but most of you live elsewhere. That's why we're now offering the same classes that Tom and I taught at RetireMeet online right now, free at TalkingRealMoney.com under the video link. Just go to TalkingRealMoney.com and then click on the video link. You'll see them right there. Finally, we also manage the wealth or the budding wealth of hundreds of folks like you through our fee-only 100% fiduciary investment advisory firm, Vestory. You'll find our approach is consistent with the message we've been sharing for decades. We always put our clients' needs first, our fees are among the lowest of any non-robo-advisor, and constant education is one of our core values. Visit Vestory.com for more information on our firm and to take our free no-obligation risk quiz to better understand and the level of investment volatility you can tolerate. That's Vestory.com, V-E-S-T-O-R-Y.com. Your guides to a really great financial future. Tom and Don are talking real money. And we do it, the talking real money thing, with you every single Saturday between noon and 2 on the West Coast or 3 and 5 on the East Coast. And Kurt, you're next. Welcome to Talking Real Money. Hi, Kurt. Hi, good afternoon. I'm calling about, um, is, my question is, is an asset-based long-term care policy considered an investment? <laughs> wow, that is a great question. Is hey, that, he got hmm. it. He fit it into the yeah, theme. That is pretty doggone good. I'm impressed. Uh, I mean, this is one of those gray areas. <laughs> it isn't easy. To, so in some cases, it could Quick be. answer, no. Yeah. It, Quick it, answer, no. Because, again, you're handing the money to somebody else. I mean, in a way, it's, well, let's step back. In some cases, it's the only way you can access long-term care because some people's health does not allow them to buy a traditional policy. The industry has advanced to the place where they really now can help a lot more people. So that's positive in many ways. The question then becomes, does it make sense for people who can qualify for a traditional long-term care policy to instead take some of their money out of their investments, hand it to the insurance company, have the premium paid from that, then it starts looking more like insurance to me than an investment. Plus, my definition of an investment is something that in and of itself can actually make you money. These are not designed really to make you money. They're, they're designed to give you a multiplier on your the on your premiums should you go into long-term care they're not really a place from which you derive income down the road or or increase your wealth they're they're designed to give you an option these were created because the long-term care insurance industry 
really, really goofed up. Well, years yeah, ago. They, people don't realize how different it looked 15 years ago. The <laughs> there were number one, there were a lot more players that were writing policies. There are a lot fewer today. Number because two, they, some of them went out of business. Well, yeah, they got they they were happy to take the premiums, and then when they started having to pay all this out, they realized it was way more expensive than they thought. And then also you ran into this case where, as a result of that, they just said they have to write fewer. So they tried to loosen it up more. So let's take it back to a a broader question. Uh, Why do you think you need asset-based long-term care? I I don't think I do. I believe I qualify (laughs) for the traditional plan. Yeah, okay. Okay. I just want to know if it's an investment. The nice thing about the the asset-based is I can, once I turn 59 and a half, since my 401k plan is so, it's not, it's the most of my assets are in my 401k. Mm-hmm. I can use those qualified um, funds to put into an asset base. So it's pre-tax dollars funding a asset based. And if I either, if I need those funds, they come out um, untaxed as well. Untaxed. That's the angle I'm sort of looking at. So they're going to allow you to take money that you didn't pay tax on and then take it out without paying tax on it? Well, no. You you use the qualified 401k, put it into the asset-based account policy, and if I do go into long-term care, those – my understanding is that those funds will come to me Untaxed. How would they that be, be though? That doesn't make sense to me because at some point the government's going to want the mon- you to pay tax on money you didn't pay on income you didn't pay tax on well, yet. You're right. I have to pay tax on the when I move the qualified funds over. I pay tax right. on it, okay. but it's over a 20 year period. Ah, it's over okay. a 20 year okay. period. You do, yeah, you do you're have to pay tax on yeah, the on the distribution, point, yeah. but you do get that that extension. And it does. The Pension Protection Act does allow yeah. uh, the distribution of the life insurance cash, the, the value to pay for long-term care. Um, but the uh, the fact of the matter is that there are extraordinary limitations on if you qualify for real live long-term care. My suggestion is you look at those options first. This is more of a fallback. And it's really, really popular with a lot of salespeople out there because the commissions are huge. And here's the other thing to consider. Again, this is if you took the money and instead built a diversified low-cost portfolio just and did it that way versus handing it to an insurance company and having it give you, you know, pay these premiums and that sort of thing, the return, if it's just the dollars, the return – Every every time I've seen this run, the dollars make more sense just to build the portfolio and to get your money that way rather than handing it to somebody. That's just well, the, if it's you, just the yeah, dollars, I'm, that's all it's well, been. And, and this is one of the things that insurance agents are particularly bad about mentioning. Their commissions, which they draw up front right out of your money, have to impact the amount of money you have earning money. They've just gamed the numbers, and these kind of policies don't make a lot, and they don't leave you with a lot once you get into the care situation. So uh, they're, they're, they're okay, I guess, as a last resort, but I, I sure wouldn't look at one as an investment. No. Mike, you're up next. Welcome to Talking Real Money. Hey, can we help you, Mike? Morning, gentlemen. Hey. Well, I'm looking at retiring here in a few months, if I can get the numbers to work for me. Congratulations. Yeah, 
Might well, it's not there yet. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. <laughs> it may not be there. You may be able to help. Uh, so I have a pension. You still know what those are, right? Yes, we've heard of <laughs> them. Congratulations on that, anymore. too. Yeah, now we're really cheering for you. I know. Okay. And I, and I also have an automatic cost of living increase every year. All right. Yeah. So my question is, I have a choice of taking a single life, full premium pension, a joint, 100%, 50% or 66.67%. I don't know which one I should take. Yes, I still Wait. love my wife. You, oh, I was okay, getting to that. I, I was going to ask. I was just going there. <laughs> that was too easy. Was, Come on. Yeah, it was easy. I listened <laughs> to you a long time. I, I knew that was coming. <laughs> I just beat you right, to it. All right, yeah. So wait, my, my wait, question wait. is, I've been talking She's, to... Go ahead, Mike. Is she 20 years heard. older than you or anything? <laughs> right, no, she's ahead. a year younger. All right. <laughs> yeah, all right then. I know the answer. So my question is, and I've spoken to a couple people about this, they're telling me I should look into just taking the full amount, single life, and then looking into buying a guaranteed universal life. We hear this all the time, all the time. I love these guys. I love these guys. Let me tell you why. They're saying. Let's hear why, yes. They're saying, so if I take single life, I would approximately uh, get 4170 a month. If I take joint 100%, I would get 3611 They're telling me if I look into a universal life policy and the monthly premium is less than that difference between what I would get from a single life or joint life pension, that it might be better to buy the universal life insurance policy. I can tell you who it would be better for. Yeah. It will be better for the person who's selling it to you. Because they'll get a nice fat 7% commission on the sale of that universal life policy uh, or more or more. Um, it the, There's no, okay, I, I, because I can't pencil the numbers out right here, but I can tell you there is no way the numbers can possibly pencil out. For the reason because of? Because high fees yep. on the insurance policy, high commissions on the insurance policy, and the impossibility of the insurance company actually making more money than the pension is making itself they're going to make net the same amount of money i mean gross the same amount of money the net's going to be less with the universal life this is a scam take the joint. lie yep. round. Real money. we hope you're enjoying one of the more unique podcasts out there but we want to remind you that there are other tools we offer to help you get educated about what we call real investing we publish Real Investing Journal both as a free online version and in an inexpensive printed magazine. You can check those out at realinvestingjournal.com. Then we offer classes, most of which are in the Seattle area, but now we've got a couple of the classes that we taught at RetireMeet online for free at talkingrealmoney.com under the video link. Just go to talkingrealmoney.com, click on the video link. And finally, we rarely mention it, but we also manage wealth for hundreds of folks and well over a third of a million dollars through our fee-only 100% fiduciary investment advisory firm, Vestry. We manage money just as we talk about it. We always put our clients first, our fees are low, and we educate you on a regular basis. Go to Vestry.com to learn more, and you can take our free no-obligation risk quiz to understand the level of investment volatility you can tolerate. That's Vestry.com, V-E-S-T-O-R-Y.com. For a really great future, we're talking real money. Do you know what isn't an investment? 
<laughs> Please. The one big thing that yeah. isn't an investment, uh-huh. insurance. Annuities, especially. No insurance. No insurance is an investment. That's true. I don't care no, what it, kind of insurance ha- it is. Well, mm, yeah, okay. No. It's not no, an investment. You would not expect no it to grow. No insurance product. No. No. You, I mean, they, 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 they attach right, yeah. growth vehicles. Yes. It's it's kind of like making a, a, a monster hybrid beast. It's like, we have insurance over here that will protect you. And then let's cram an investment portfolio onto it so we can make you think you're making money. And the question of the day is, is it a real investment? Tom, is it a real investment? No, I mean, here, and this is this comes up a lot. Nice gentleman came in this week. He's worked at Boeing basically his whole adult life, and he is entitled to uh, a very handsome pension, in addition to Social Security, of course. Between those two things, he's going to take in about twice what he spends. Mm-hmm. Okay, just okay. a general number, about twice. Okay. So he went to see. He went to go see someone who is a broker who has a lot of insurance products. Apparently, he saw. I looked at his website. Big into all this, and that gentleman said, "You take your VIP, your retirement savings. Does he save money outside of having money in the pension, et cetera, et cetera? Take that, give it to me. I'm going to buy an annuity for you that's going to provide all this income for you, so you won't have to worry about that anymore." Just hand well, that wait, money to me. He's provided with income. This is the this is the from his pension. I know, and Social Security. I, I said, why? Why do you want to annuitize this money? Just at the set aside whatever the program, if it's good or bad, or and why do you need income? And he, this is it gets confusing in people's minds. I think, it, well, but I'm giving it to him, and he's going to pay me the money back, right? You're already doing that with your pension and your Social Security twice as much as you need. So at the basic level, why do you even need an annuity? Now, it turned out this was a not a very good annuity. Well, none of them, except in my mind, none of them are good, except if you wanted to buy an immediate annuity from somebody that you were getting, you know, return of your capital with a small yeah, interest rate. You that would be to have a guarantee. You had to have. Yeah. Okay, that may be okay, but this was a horrible product. And so, but this is what people, they just think, I'm giving him the money, I'm getting this back. You don't need to annuitize it. Yes, sir. Here's the problem. Here's the problem with America. Love America. We're going back to the sheriff or we're going to the... No, this is... I don't know who's... who's (laughs) Love America. Yeah, okay. But we are the country of too many insurance agents. They are That might be. We are very insured. We are... uh, uh, They are working their tails off to beat somebody else up, to feed their family. And they will do whatever it takes to make that commission to feed their family, even if it involves absolutely lying. And this money was why you need us. This is the thing. I mean, the other part was that that you're taking this VIP Mm -hmm. that has tax deferral. Right. I mean, you've got and then rolling it into an annuity where you're paying for that again. No, there's no there's no reason to do that. Anyway, so he didn't do it and thankfully listened to we're not the only people out here telling you this, but he had listened to the show for many years. He said I I I kind of didn't think this guy was honest. By the way, he got pitched. Guess where he got pitched for this? Take a guess. It's just too random a question no, for me okay, to answer. I know. Okay. He had a steak dinner. He oh, went to the steak dinner. dinner oh, of and course. Then they said, I, okay. Oh, well, I, you get your special yeah, time yeah, with yeah. the big shot. Okay. Yeah, so uh, got, okay. He got All the right. stake. And he- well, you know, and here it is. This this thing about investing, not uh, about insurance not being an investing investment. I looked up a Genworth long-term care policy. Okay? Now, they're, person, they're, still, they're still selling them, right? I always yeah. forget. Okay. Person my age, I'm 60, 
uh, a two-year payout of $200 a day to a nursing home will cost me $2,300 a month, a year. $2,300 a year. Not too terrible. Nope. But then I said, how much in benefit would I get for that, oh, about 20% chance I'm going to end up in a nursing home? It's $146,000 is all they're ever going to pay out. So why not just save your money and have the 46, 146 in case it happens? Quick break. In addition to our Talking Real Money podcast, we have a few other tools to help you gain a better understanding of the concept of real investing. Of course, there's Real Investing Journal. That's offered in both a free online version and in an inexpensive printed magazine. Explore both those options at realinvestingjournal.com, realinvestingjournal.com. Then we teach classes. We offer most of our live classes in the Seattle area because that's where most of our offices are, but most of you live elsewhere. That's why we're now offering the same classes that Tom and I taught at RetireMeet online right now, free at TalkingRealMoney.com under the video link. Just go to TalkingRealMoney.com and then click on the video link. You'll see them right there. Finally, we also manage the wealth or the budding wealth of hundreds of folks like you through our fee-only 100% fiduciary investment advisory firm, Vestory. You'll find our approach is consistent with the message we've been sharing for decades. We always put our clients' needs first. Our fees are among the lowest of any non-robo-advisor, and constant education is one of our core values. Visit Vestry.com for more information on our firm and to take our free no-obligation risk quiz to better understand the level of investment volatility you can tolerate. That's Vestory.com, V-E-S-T-O-R-Y.com. We hope you realize that the information provided on Talking Real Money is for educational and hopefully enjoyable purposes only. Providing personalized financial planning or investing advice takes time, so please consult with a really good fee-only fiduciary investment, tax, or legal advisor. We know a good one. Investing must always involve risk. In other words, you can and probably will lose money at times. Also, as much as you want it, no one can accurately and consistently predict the future. So past performance doesn't tell you a darn thing about what the future will bring. Unlike many other programs that say something similar, Talking Real Money is not trying to get you to buy or sell any financial products or securities. Instead, the program is provided as a public service by Vestry, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Thanks for listening, and please visit TalkingRealMoney.com for more information and disclosures. Are we done now? 